Welcome to The Vortex with your host, Addie, an ancient cosmic soul, transformation and mindset expert, and evolutionary astrologer. My mission is to help inspire and guide you to help unlock your soul's potential so you can live a joyful, empowered, abundant life. This is a podcast where we take deep dives into topics all along the lines of astrology, spirituality, metaphysics, and so much more. So with further ado, let's dive into today's episode and topic. Hello again, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode of Welcome to the Vortex with your host, Addie. Today's episode, we are going to be having a chat about the astrology for the month of March. Can't believe we're pretty much over with February. I'm recording this on February 26th. Only a couple more days left of that month and then Wednesday is March 1st. We'll be transitioning into March. So you can think of this episode as kind of like your little survival guide for what's in store for March because there is a lot of astrology transits, a lot of shift changes, a lot going on for March. So really excited to talk about this astrology. But before I go into the astrology for the month of March, just want to share some astrology updates. So excited to announce that finally going to be opening up my readings again now. We'll be sharing the link in the show notes and what I'm doing with these readings is I have lowered the prices. I have changed the prices just because with today's economy and just what's going on with inflation running rampant, I just, I wanted to make it a little more affordable for everyone. Like I'm not going to start charging out the wazoo like some people are. I want to make it affordable because we're all like it's just weird times right now, and that's just the astrology right now, too. It's showing that we're in weird economical times. But anyway, so I do have my astrology chart readings open, and they aren't going to be live readings, so you can't book like a live reading with me through Zoom right now. I'm not doing that yet. But what these readings are is if you are just looking for like a PDF report of your natal astrology chart or if you want a pdf report for like the current transits for that month or a couple months at a time you just want to see kind of like a glimpse ahead or i also am offering pre-recorded readings so if you do want a video of me explaining your chart in detail i will record it and then send it to you and these are having like a two to three week span and right now I'm also just doing payment through Venmo because I'm still trying to figure that out, but I didn't want to just put my readings on a hold because I couldn't figure out the payment method, so I'm like, I'm just going to use Venmo for now, and I'm just going to, I'm still trying to figure that part out, and, but at least I have the readings open now, and it's just going to be like PDF reports or pre-recorded, like, Zoom video sent to you, so... We'll be sharing that link in the show notes, have lowered the prices just because we're in weird economical times right now. So if you've been wanting a reading with me, I have them open now. So, and I'm only going to be doing about like five a month just because I work a full-time job, do this podcast, and I still need to live a normal life too. But I love doing astrology and want to start doing readings again. So just putting that out there. But now let's just dive into this month's astrology. So I'm recording this on February 26th. We have Jupiter and Chiron in about a two degree orb now. So Jupiter and Chiron are getting very close together. Um, we will be ending this month with the moon in Gemini, like February 28th. We will have that moon in Gemini. Moon will have just passed over Mars in Gemini. 
So we'll be finishing up February 28th with that moon in Gemini. So that moon conjunct Mars energy will definitely be very interesting to me. That's always like hothead energy, like sassy pants energy. I currently have Mars on my moon right now. So I've definitely been feeling the sass. And March 1st, which is a Wednesday, we have Venus conjunct Jupiter in Aries. And then they're like in a two degree orb from Chiron. So Chiron's kind of in the mix as well. March 2nd, we have Mercury conjunct Saturn and Aquarius. We still have the Venus conjunct Jupiter energy with Chiron. And March 2nd, we also have Mercury entering Pisces at 5.52 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then March 3rd is when we have Venus and Chiron conjunct. March 6th, we have the Sun and Pisces making a sextile to Uranus and Taurus. March 7th, we have the Virgo full moon apexing at 7.39 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that will be 4.39 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We also have Saturn entering Pisces at 8.34 a.m. Eastern Standard Time that same day. So an hour after this Virgo full moon apexes, we have Saturn entering into Pisces. So lots to talk about already. Just not just like the first seven days of March. And then March 10th, we have Venus and Aries making a sextile to Mars and Gemini. Jupiter and Chiron are conjunct at 14 degrees. March 11th, Mercury sextile Uranus. Venus sextile Mars. March 12th, we're still seeing that Jupiter-Chiron conjunction energy. March 13th and March 14th, we have Mars square Neptune. March 15th, we have Sun square Mars and Sun conjunct Neptune. Mars square Neptune. So... A lot of Neptune energy right around there. March 16th is when we have Venus enter Taurus at 6.34 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3.34 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Sun conjunct Mercury, Sun square Mars, Mercury square Mars, Venus sextile Saturn, Venus square Pluto, Mars square Neptune. So there is a lot going on around like March 15th, March 16th, March 17th. And it's funny too that like on March 15th, that's like the eyes of March and it's like Mars square Neptune, Sun square Mars, just very interesting this energy around there because March 17th we have Pisces, Sun conjunct Mercury, Sun square Mars, Mercury square Mars, Venus sextile Saturn, Venus square Pluto, Mars square Neptune, Mercury square Mars, like there's so much going on around that little time gap. March 18th, we still have Sun square Mars, Venus sextile Saturn. March 19th, Mercury sextile Pluto. Mercury enters Aries at 12.24 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that'll be about uh, 9.24 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on March 18th. March 20th, Sun sextile Pluto. Sun enters Aries at 5.24 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that'll be 2.24 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, March 20th. March 21st, we have the Aries New Moon at 1.22 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that'll be about 10.22 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. March 23rd, Pluto enters Aquarius at 8.23 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5.23 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. March 25th, Mars enters Taurus at 7.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. March 28th, Mercury conjunct Jupiter, March trying Saturn, March 29th, Mars trying Saturn, March 30th, and March 31st, we'll have Venus conjunct Uranus and Mars trying Saturn to finish the month off. 
So lots going on in the month of March and can't wait to break it all down and explain this even further for you guys. So let's just dive right into it. Actually, before I dive into explaining all the astrology for March on a little deeper level, let's just do like a little recap of February. So February is always a weird month because it only has 28 days. Um, a lot did kind of happen in February because we had all the planets direct. There was the comet at the beginning of February. So if you guys remember, like comets are like kind of serve as like harbingers of change, like omens. So this was also kind of showing us like we were we're headed for a period of great change and shift. And to me, that's what February really felt like. February was kind of like the intermission at the play. Like, we've already seen Act 1, and February was just like the intermission. Like, we're all, like, in the lobby area, just getting refreshments, all talking about Act 1, anticipating what's going to be in Act 2. Because March, once we get Saturn and Pisces and Pluto and Aquarius, to me, that's when we're going to be shifting into that Act 2 of the play. So this February was just more of like the intermission phase and was just a very interesting month because like we had the Aquarius new moon, we had the, or no, the Aquarius new moon was in January, but we had the Leo full moon, the Pisces new moon, and just a lot of like mercurial energy as well going on in February too. And then the fact that we're ending February with moon and Gemini that just passed over Mars and Gemini. To me, that's also like really like solidifying that Mars Gemini lesson, that Mars Gemini retrograde lesson that whatever that was for you personally, because then with us going into March, so now let's just go into March and start talking about March. So we start March on March 1st, obviously, and that's a Wednesday, and we have Venus conjunct Jupiter, and gotta say, like, put out the little warning, be aware of, like, the little astrology mem traps and little Instagram posts with Venus conjunct Jupiter, oh my god, it's the best day ever, oh my goodness, look at all the rainbows and all the unicorns and butterflies, it's so magical. That's what people are going to be saying about this Venus conjunct Jupiter. And I just had to school someone the other day because, like, you can also see Venus and Jupiter at sunset right now. And it's really pretty. And, like, I, I think it's kind of funny, though, because I see, like, all the muggles posting about it. Like, the non-astrology people. And But I'm glad it's getting more people interested. But anyway, like, Venus conjunct Jupiter, we have this in Aries. So this is a lot different than the Venus conjunct Jupiter we saw last year that was in Pisces, where both Jupiter's at home in Pisces, Venus is exalted in Pisces. This Venus conjunct Jupiter that we have this year is in Aries, where we have a Venus at detriment, Jupiter's okay in Aries. But this post I saw the other day, and they said that Venus conjunct Jupiter was the transit that brought down Rome. And I was like, I was like, okay, I got a comment here. I was like, first off, Venus conjunct Jupiter, it happens once a year. And that was not the transit that broke down Rome. Because if you just think about it, we see Venus conjunct Jupiter every year. If that was a transit that were to bring down a civilization, 
we would be in a lot of trouble because then we would have civilization downfalls every single year. I was like, no. I was like, it's not Venus conjunct Jupiter. I was like, we have Pluto at 29 degrees of Capricorn. Saturn's about to enter Pisces. And the last time that we had Pluto in Aquarius was in 1777 when the American Revolution started. I'm like, you can't make this stuff up. That's just history. That's just astrology. Astrology works in cycles just like history does. But aside from that little side note, little story... With this Venus conjunct Jupiter, this one is going to be very different. And yes, you can always use it to your advantage. And this one, you can definitely utilize. Like one way that I'm looking at this Venus conjunct Jupiter is you can use it to build upon those Pisces new moon manifestations. You can use it to get that courage to start taking the courageous action, to start making those initiation steps, to start taking the action steps for whatever what, for whatever it is that you want to make into your physical reality. Um, I have a feeling that these, like some people on Instagram, TikTok, whatever you go for social media, you're going to see like Venus conjunct Jupiter. This is the best day to make your dreams happen. This is a magical, mystical, dreamy day, Venus conjunct Jupiter. Well, yes, it is, but it's also an Aries. So you have to remember, like, Venus and Jupiter and Aries, like, this can also be some aggressive hothead energy. Like, it's Aries. So this can be very impulsive, not patient. They just want to do things now, now, now. Let's just go, go, go. Like, that's Aries for you. My boyfriend is an Aries. So I'm very used to this Aries energy. And it's just, like, they do not wait at all. They are very impulsive. They have no patience. I love you, Aries, but yeah, they do not have a lot of patience. They just want to get things done. But that actually, we can actually use that to our advantage where we can stop like having fear hold us back and we can take that Aries courage and just go for it and make our dreams into a physical reality. So I do like this Venus conjunct Jupiter energy where we can use it to our advantage, where we can use it to help propel us forward, where we can get that courage and really use it to make things happen. Like take that Aries courage and start making things happen. Don't just sit by and be like, you know what, I'm going to sit and I'm just going to envision what I want my life to be like. No, this is not a time for just sitting and envisioning and doing like those visualization exercises. This is a conjunction with Venus and Jupiter happening in Aries. This is a time to start doing it. So do the action, make it happen. Don't just visualize, actually do it because there's like those manifestation accounts where they're just like, you know, just sit and visualize and just sit and visualize for every day for blah, blah, blah. And yes, you can do that, but this is a time for actually doing the work doing the action, making things happen, whether it's little baby steps at a time because we're still in North Node Taurus, so slow and steady wins the race. So it's okay to just do small, gradual baby steps. That is okay here. But I really had to like make that message point across with this Venus conjunct Jupiter because I already know like there's going to be some great astrology mem traps out there, but don't fall for them. Use your discernment, folks. Like we got Mars and Gemini for a reason. Mars and Gemini is that sort of truth that is helping us see through all the bullshit, the propaganda, the Piscean, Neptunian fog. So this is the time to remember, you know what? I'm going to go after my dreams. I am going to start taking that courageous, heartfelt action. I am going to start making these things happen for what they are because at the end of the day, I am the one who can only make these happen. No one else can. So it has to be you. And I think that Venus conjunct Jupiter is reminding us that we are the ones who hold the power to make change. We are the ones who hold the power to initiate change at the end of the day. Well, and actually another thing too with this Venus-Jupiter conjunction is there's still Chiron in the mix as well because 
We see this Venus-Jupiter conjunction at 11 degrees of Aries starting on March 1st. And then Chiron's at 13 degrees of Aries. So we're going to be having this Venus conjunct Jupiter energy for a couple days into March. And the fact that Chiron's in the mix, this can also bring up like some self-worth issues, self-esteem issues. Like Venus conjunct Chiron, that's like really bringing up like your own self-esteem, self-worth issues. So this can really bring up like if you are someone who is not confident, who has low self-esteem, this can really bring those wounds up to the surface. And this is a time where you can actually heal those and you can use the Aries energy to bring back the confidence inside of yourself. You can use this to boost your self-esteem up, especially Jupiter and Aries. Use that to like inflate your confidence. Use that to boost your self-esteem, your self-worth. You are here for a reason. You are meant to be here on this planet. And so this is also just reminding you that you are here for a reason. And Chiron here just kind of lurking in the shadows with this Venus conjunct Jupiter. This is also showing us the shadow energy. This is showing us where we have like old wounds, whether it's regarding like our ego identity centers or if it's wounds regarding relationships or just the relationship we have with ourselves. This is a time to examine those and look at those as well for what they are. But you probably won't hear a lot of astrologers talking about the Chiron element with this Venus conjunct jupiter because like this just kind of bugs me with the social media world they'll be like oh just venus conjunct jupiter this is the best day to make your dreams happen but there's chiron there you can't forget about chiron <laughs> and chiron there he's showing you your wounds so this can be a very beautiful like very alchemical healing time with that venus conjunct jupiter with chiron in the mix as well so this can really help us heal old wounds and really help us do that deeper shadow work so just had to mention the chiron element as well because i'm actually born with venus conjunct chiron and it definitely manifests with like self-esteem self-worth stuff so it definitely like if you have if you notice like self-esteem self-worth issues rising to the surface it's just venus conjunct Chiron energy, Venus conjunct Jupiter energy, because the Jupiter element as well can make those appear a lot bigger than they really are. So just remember that because Jupiter always acts as like that amplifier, magnifier, always making things appear a lot bigger than they really are. But then also on March 2nd, we have Mercury entering Pisces at 5.52 p.m. And then we still have like that Venus, Chiron, Jupiter conjunction energy going on. But with Mercury entering Pisces, I actually want to read the translation from the only astrology book you'll ever need about Mercury and Pisces. Okay, so I'm reading from the only astrology book you'll ever need about Mercury and Pisces. It says, Pisces is a sign of psychic revelation. Mercury in this sign gives you a subtle and intuitive mind. There is an intriguing air of mystery about the way you think. You don't logically arrive at conclusions. You seem to get flashes of knowledge or sudden feelings that are not based on previous facts or circumstances. Sometimes you will make a pronouncement and afterward what you will say will turn out to be true. You have accurate intuition. As a Mercury Piscean, you are imaginative and creative, but you tend to lack self-confidence. At times you appear timid or confused. You have deep sympathy and understanding for the foibles, feelings, and follies of other people in your opinion everyone including a liar has his own truth you have such sensitivity to your environment that you cannot work or think straight when there is anyone anything upsetting or drawing around you an apt image for mercury and pisces is the absent-minded professor so also like mercury and pisces it definitely can have like a numbing effect on the mind 
So definitely just pay attention to your thinking, your thought processes as we have Mercury and Pisces. Because if I'm correct, I believe we are having Mercury go through three signs in March. Yes, because we start March with Mercury in Aquarius and then March 2nd we have Mercury in Pisces and then towards the end of March we'll have Mercury go into Aries. So with Mercury in Pisces, this is also a time to really get in tune with your psychic awareness, your psychic abilities. This is acting as like a good tune-up for those as well. So if you are someone who dabbles in that or is interested in strengthening your psychic abilities, with Mercury and Pisces, this is a time for that. But also I have to put out like that caution with the shadow trades. With Mercury and Pisces, this is a time where it's because Pisces is co-ruled by Neptune Jupiter, this is a time where it's very easy to get lost in the clouds, lost in a fantasy land, lost in your imagination. So definitely be aware of your thought process. Don't try to escape reality into a Neptunian fantasy land and getting lost in the clouds and then forgetting your own reality, forgetting your own planet Earth. And just getting so lost that you just have lost all the progress you made. I don't want to see that happen. And you can definitely use Mercury and Pisces to your advantage. Definitely helping you like get creative, dream big. Using like using all that Aries energy as well to your advantage with that Mercury and Pisces. So this can be a very beautiful time for like dreaming big, brainstorming, creative visions, downloads. Definitely making things happen. But you have to like this is also just reminding you to balance between like the the physical and the ethereal world and just finding that fine line of balance between the two. Then on March 7th is when we have the Virgo full moon. We'll be having the Virgo full moon apex at 7.39 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is 4.39, yeah, 4.39 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then like an hour later is when Saturn goes into Pisces. So I definitely will be doing a whole other episode on that next week for sure. Yeah, next week will be like my full moon and Saturn and Pisces episodes, so stay on the lookout for that. But of course, I just want to briefly touch on this Virgo full moon and Saturn and Pisces in this episode, but I will do a whole separate episode going much deeper on it because we will have the sun at 16 degrees of Pisces, moon and Virgo at 16 degrees, so that's where we'll be seeing them apex. And what's interesting here is with the sun at Pisces at 16 degrees, we have Neptune and Pisces at 24 degrees. So they are in about an 8 degree orb here. So we do have Neptune in the mix with this full moon. And so the fact that like the Virgo moon is opposing Neptune by 8 degrees, this is really helping us see through the Piscean fog. So this is one that can really help us find the truth in our own life. Like one way that we can look at this one is like back to reality. And it's like that, I'm not going to sing for you guys, but it's like that song like da, 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 back to reality, do, do, do. Okay, well I sang for you guys, but it's like, it's reminding me of that song right now. And that's how I kind of envision this Virgo full moon is it's like, bringing us back to reality and so this is really helping us like find that balance between like the ethereal and the physical world because the fact that we're seeing like this full moon oppose neptune in an eight degree orb this is really helping us see through all the propaganda the illusions the disillusions that maybe we've fallen for what are like the old addictive habits 
and addictive patterns that you can break through and release right now. This is helping you release anything no longer serving you. And some interesting elements as well with this Virgo full moon. It's like, well, especially because then we will be seeing Saturn go into Pisces an hour later. So that's also going to be adding an interesting flavor. We already have Mercury in Pisces here. And we have Jupiter and Chiron in a one degree orb conjunction. So this is really bringing out wounds, ego identity wounds to the surface. So this can bring a lot of healing as well. We also have Mars squaring the moon. Oh, well, actually we have a T-square going on. So we have a T-square going on with the moon in Virgo, Mars, Gemini, and the sun in Pisces because we have Mars and Gemini at 21 degrees. So that's a five degree orb between the square of Mars and the moon and then the square of Mars and the sun. So we have a five degree square going off there. So there's some big Mars energy going on with this full moon as well. So this is really helping us figure out, okay, where have I fallen for any lies? Where have I been stuck by fear, self-doubt? How can I break out of that? How can I start taking more action in a new way? How can I start implementing things? How can I really make this to serve my reality in a better way? So this is also really helping us figure out what hasn't been serving you, what has been serving you, so you can start taking more action that will serve you in your higher purpose. This is helping you make that new chapter for the spiritual story. So a lot of positive things with this full moon and like this full moon I really feel like this one will really help propel us forward like I'm definitely calling this Virgo full moon like the the call back to reality bringing like merging the spiritual and the physical world together finding that balance between the two because then at 8 34 a.m eastern standard time that would be about like what 5 34 a.m pacific standard time we have Saturn entering Pisces and now I just want to read from the only astrology book you'll ever need again, but I want to read about Saturn and Pisces. I want to read that translation. Okay, so I'm reading from the only astrology book you'll ever need, Saturn and Pisces. Saturn in the mystical sign of Pisces does not favor material success. What you gain in life are sagacity and discernment. Your vivid imagination can be translated into creative work. Your sympathy and intuition enable you to draw others to yourself. However, more than people of any other Saturn position, you are sensitive to the woes and harshness of the world. Saturn often brings disappointment and loss. The way it does for you is to force you to make personal sacrifices for others or to dictate that you take an inferior position even though your talents are superior. In time, you can change this, but you first must develop the courage and determination to do so. Pisces is a of self undoing and your greatest power comes when you learn not to be the cause of your own unhappiness you are drawn to philosophy writing and teaching of a spiritual or occult nature natives of the saturn placement are vulnerable to ailments and problems involving the feet so on saturn and pisces i just want to say something because i have saturn and pisces in italy in my chart and that's so true because i do astrology definitely drawn to the occult subjects i've been drawn to the occult ever since i was like a little kid because i've always been really into like symbolism and finding the deeper meanings behind stuff but i'm also sun opposed saturn so but i'm not gonna just go into my own chart here but it's very interesting with saturn and pisces because the last time that we've had saturn and pisces was 94 95 96 so think back to the late mid 90s and Maybe you were just born around there, or maybe you weren't alive yet, or maybe you like, I 
were just really young around that time. So maybe you've already gone through your Saturn return or if you have Saturn in Pisces, like if you were born in 94, 95, 96, you probably have Saturn in Pisces, but definitely check your birth chart first because there's always like those weird like ingress times or where like Saturn's retrogrades and then retrogrades back into another sign. So definitely you just always have to look at your own chart first. That's why it's always important to have like the exact time and date for these type of things because like this is just a side note here because this bugs me and this is just me being a Virgo astrologer because like I'm so like nitpicky and getting the exact time and date for everything bugs me how sometimes I see like some astrologers can kind of blanket like the outer planets like Pluto like because I see some people say that Pluto and Sag was from 95 and I'm like no 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 Pluto was in Sag for two months in 1995 Pluto was not in Sag for that long in 1995 because I have Pluto and Scorpio and I was born in 1995 so it's just like little things like that that bug me that's why working with ephemerises is great or working with an actual astrologer who knows their stuff like me is great too so not to toot my own horn here but that's why i'm offering readings again so i can help you guys out and that's why i have like a two to three week window before you even get the reading after you purchase it because i go that exact and into detail because i am a virgo i'm so super nitpicky i like to get to the exact thing my Mars and Scorpio loves to really just drill down and get in there and really just like Pluto and Scorpio. I love to dive deep and really figure out those deeper truths for you guys. But now with Saturn and Pisces, after I've just been going on a tangent about my own astrology, but with Saturn and Pisces, this is going to bring a very interesting flavor into the collective. Like we're definitely going to be seeing like boundaries be transformed because Pisces also rules boundaries and like with Saturn and Pisces this is where we're going to be seeing boundaries and like those lines being completely rewritten so it wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing like all these weird restrictions and limitations that have been placed on us over the last few years those be completely dissolved especially when we see like Saturn and Neptune meet up at the end of Pisces at zero degrees of Aries that's going to be very interesting but that's not till like 2025 but with Saturn and Pisces for these next couple of years this is definitely going to bring a lot of occultism up to the forefront as well but it's also like it could be like the demonization of occultism and I'm already starting to see that with people trying to go after astrology or the occult saying it's demonic and it's satanic and I do want to do a whole episode on just how astrology can be very empowering and astrology can actually get you closer to God because for me it's brought me closer to God hasn't brought me to Satan it's brought me closer to God my God not Satan just have to say that out there because we are definitely in a spiritual war right now and with Saturn and Pisces as well this is really going to be bringing like that spiritual war to the forefront as well this is really going to bring religion like those topics up as well with Saturn and Pisces so it wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing like maybe things come out about the Catholic Church or like exposing of what's really going on behind the scenes so this will also show us like what's been going on behind the scenes behind closed doors what's really going on with these like religious institutions so this can really show us that as well this can also like maybe we might see like a new like religious or spiritual movement come through with Saturn and Pisces because if you just think like what was going on like in those late 90s like, like there was different music going on different movies and so it's going to be interesting to see what else comes through, but I will be doing a much deeper dive in my podcast episode next week on Saturn and Pisces, but definitely just wanted to touch on it here. 
Then on March 10th is when we have like the Jupiter and Chiron conjunct exactly at 14 degrees of Aries. And we'll be seeing them conjunct for a couple days at that 14 degrees. So we'll have them conjunct until like March 14th at that 14 degrees. So with that Jupiter-Chiron conjunction, this is really bringing like those ego identity wounds to the forefront. Definitely paying attention to what is coming through. And I've been talking a lot about this Jupiter-Chiron conjunction because we've been in this energy for a while and March 10th will be the exact conjunction date so that's when we could really feel it the strongest so to me it's also bringing through like really beautiful deep healing elements and you can definitely utilize that to your advantage and then so then from like March so March 11th we'll be seeing like Mercury sextile Uranus and with Mercury sextile Uranus on March 11th as well with that Jupiter Chiron conjunction so this is also helping us like choose like new way of thinking this is helping us shift our perspective as well so we can actually use that to our advantage with that jupiter chiron conjunction energy and then what else is going on so then on march 12th we see venus sextile mars we still have the jupiter chiron conjunction energy then march 13th is when we start to see like mars square neptune so with this Mars square Neptune energy, and we saw Mars square Neptune last year as well, and now we're seeing Mars square Neptune again because now with like Mars being direct in Gemini, we're seeing it again. And so like this Mars square Neptune, like this can definitely bring confusion. This can bring some haze and definitely have to like use your discernment and remember to bring back, like you bring yourself back to reality and because Mars square Neptune can bring a lot of like haze, confusion, brain fog, can really make you get lost in a Neptunian fantasy land. So this is trying to help you to see through it, to move through it. And we're going to be in this Mars square Neptune energy for a few days. Because then March 16th is when we have Venus enter Taurus. And Venus, this is going to be very interesting because on March 16th, so at 6.34pm is when we have Venus enter Taurus. And... Venus is co-ruled by Libra Taurus and Venus is also the, the, the dispositor of North Node Taurus right now. So this is like the last time in this nodal cycle as well that we'll see Venus and Taurus with North Node Taurus because we are getting ready for the nodes to shift in July. So this is very interesting that we have Venus and Taurus with the North Node Taurus as well. So this is also kind of finishing up that North Node Taurus cycle as well. This is really like emphasizing those Taurus lessons as well. So like with Venus and Taurus, this is reminding us to really focus on the physical reality, to make heaven on earth, to make our dreams into that physical reality. But like the motto with Taurus is slow and steady wins the race. It's not a time like to rush things and get things done super quick. This is a time to really focus on and get things done in more of a gradual like baby step manner. And actually, you know what, let's just read, let me just read the description of Venus and Taurus from the only astrology book you'll ever need. 
Okay, Venus and Taurus. As a Venus and Taurus person, you are affectionate and romantic, but you don't give your love away too quickly. A bad love affair is hard on you emotionally, so you take your time to decide on the right person to love. This process, however, is done by feeling rather than thinking logically. Yours is a very physical and earthy love nature. To you, love does not exist without sex. You are very demonstrative and generous toward a lover, sometimes too much so. Your passion can be smothering. You have an all-consuming need to make a lover belong to you with friends you are willing and ready to help but you are as cautious about forming instant friendships as about love this position of venus brings money luck sometimes though in through inheritance or marriage venus and taurus people have a keen artistic eye and are interested in music you also love to eat and have to fight over weight so with venus and taurus this can definitely just bring us all like more of a love for like art or food maybe you start noticing that you're more like craving different foods or you just want to go like like out places to look at art or you're just like what's the word for it appreciating art more but this is a time where maybe you're just like focusing you're being more present in the moment you're focusing more on your physical reality so this is a time to really like take in everything like just really be present in the moment and really take in like out like all of your senses like savor all of the senses with venus and taurus like they just love everything about like the earth and life so this is a time to really just like focus on nature get reacquainted with nature find like fall in love with nature again fall in love with the earth again that's what i'm really feeling come through with this venus taurus energy so really like we can really use that to our advantage as well with like that venus taurus energy so after venus enters taurus on march 16th there's also like just a lot of stuff going on because we have like sun conjunct mercury sun square mars Mercury square Mars, Venus sextile Saturn, Venus square Pluto, Mars square Neptune. Like there's just so much going on in those little days that like I'm not even going to bother explaining it all right now because we're still like a ways away. So like during that week, I will go in way more depth on all of those transits and aspects because there's just so much going on like on the days of like March 16th, March 17th and this episode is just more of like a general overview for March. So when those like in the coming weeks, we'll go into more detail on what's going on. But there's just a lot going on. So it's going to be interesting to see just like news wise what comes through like March 15th, 16th, 17th. Um, because March 19th is when we have Mercury enter Aries at 1224 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Because I do want to read just Mercury and Aries from the only astrology book you'll ever need. And it says, this is a strong position for Mercury because Aries imparts aggressiveness, brilliance to the intelligence. If you have Mercury and Aries, you tend to be witty, outspoken, and original. There is a sharp edge to your conversation, an ironic or sarcastic tone that can sometimes be biting and sometimes very funny. You use highly expressive language and throw a lot of slang in your speech. You exaggerate and Aries Mercury makes you impatient, eager to get things done, wanting your way in the proceedings. You can be argumentative and tactless, fond of both speaking and writing. You may become active in the the literary world even if not a professional writer yourself you like to talk to writers and attend literary cocktail parties a problem is that you are too impulsive not enough planning goes into your actions however you are blessed with luck in this respect your first decisions tend to be the right ones mercury and aries people suffer from headaches especially in a raucous and noisy atmosphere and then what's interesting too because after we have mercury entering aries and that's definitely going to bring forth a more little impulsive aggressive like 
communicative style in the collective so just definitely think before you speak with mercury and aries is what i like to always say because march 20th is when we have the sun enter aries at 5 24 p.m eastern standard time and to me that really like solidifies and kicks off the new astrology year as well since aries is the first sign of the zodiac and to me aries season is really the official new year because then and I'll do a whole episode later on Aries season, but we know Aries, they are a first sign of the zodiac. They're a fire sign, cardinal sign. They are ruled by Mars, so Aries rules like the ego identity center. Aries is a very action-oriented sign. They can be a little bit of impulsive though, but they just love to take action and get things done. So you can always count on Aries to like start initiating the change, start making things happen, and just, they're very pioneering in that regards as well with Aries. Um, Then March 23rd is when we have Pluto entering Aquarius. So we have Pluto leave that 29th degree of Capricorn that we've all been experiencing, and that's why there's no coincidence that we've had all these weird events happen with Pluto at 29 degrees of Capricorn. But March 23rd at 8.23 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5.23 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is when we have Pluto leave Capricorn and enter Aquarius. Well, I will be doing a whole episode covering Pluto and Aquarius because it's interesting this year because... We only have Pluto in Aquarius for a couple months this year, and then we will see Pluto retrograde back into Capricorn, and then next year, 2024, is like the official, official ingress of Pluto in Aquarius when we won't see it retrograde back into Capricorn. So this year, we get a flavor of Pluto in Aquarius, but March 23rd, Pluto hits that zero degrees of Aquarius mark, and Pluto in Aquarius, that's definitely going to bring like a scientific, technological revolution. We're going to be seeing some big changes in the tech scientific world. I will be doing a whole episode on Pluto in Aquarius, covering Pluto in Aquarius, because there is just so much to talk about with Pluto in Aquarius, and definitely going to be seeing some interesting stuff happen with Pluto in Aquarius, because I've already been doing research myself, just because the last time that we had Pluto in Aquarius was 1777, and I've just been doing research just on the history back then, like what happened around that time frame, what similarities could we see happen this year, or this time around with Pluto in Aquarius. And then March 25th is when we have Mars enters Cancer, so Mars enters Cancer, finally leaves Gemini, and we see Mars enter Cancer at 7.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Because we've had Mars in Gemini since October. Or maybe longer than October of 2022. But we've had Mars in Gemini for a long time. So I think we're, I would think we can all agree that we're ready to have Mars in a different sign now. And so I'm, I'm glad that we'll be seeing Mars going to Cancer. Even though technically it's at detriment here in Cancer. Still not a bad thing. So I know I will talk about Mars and Cancer, and I actually want to read that translation as well for you all. Okay, Mars and Cancer. Mars power turns subtle and Cancer. You have great strength of will, but it is never thrust into the open. Like the tides, you wear down opposition by repeated assault. Each wave may accomplish little, but the accumulated effect is overpowering. In sex, Mars and Cancer's approach is emotional. You are sensuous but refined. Your lovemaking is highly intuitive art. Your passion, however, is dependent on what is forthcoming from a lover. If a lover is insensitive or unresponsive, he or she may find that your get-up-and-go 
just got up and went <laughs> yet as a native of this marsh place may you will claim you a relationship that does not make you happy you are lacked only an outburst of temper and nervous irritability what you often require is an outlet for your pent-up energies you are noted for your breadth of vision and highly emotional work i just want to throw out like a celebrity example like i'm just feeling called to throw out a celebrity example for mars and cancer miley cyrus has mars and cancer and this isn't like i'm not talking about her personally as a person like this is just her astrologically like miley cyrus is a great example of someone who has mars and cancer and uses mars and cancer like she definitely like you can always tell like whenever like she went through a breakup like she would have like a song about it like wrecking ball like like she's just a great example of a mars and cancer individual so like that's just like, I just think she really exemplifies her Mars and Cancer very well, and this really goes with this description. Like, she's very passionate, like, uses her art to show that, and so we can all, like, utilize, like, we can all find a way, like, some way, like, artistically to express ourselves with Mars and Cancer, so I really like that little element to it. And March 28th is when we see Mercury conjunct Jupiter and Aries. And we also have Mars training Saturn. But like with Mercury conjunct Jupiter, March 28th, this can definitely make us feel like we're having like a lot of thoughts, downloads. Like we can definitely use the Mercury conjunct Jupiter to our advantage, like with brainstorming, thinking outside of the box, projects, um, definitely can use that to our advantage and what's going to be very interesting too oh you know what's very interesting that I'm just putting together now is we're starting March off like with like moon conjunct Mars energy because we start the month off like we ended like we start the month with like the moon in cancer and like the day before we had that moon conjunct Mars because then by the end of March like March so March 30th, yeah, so like March 30th, 31st, we'll be seeing like that moon in Cancer, and then because March 31st, we have the moon in Leo, so it's very interesting now just how like we kind of end the month like that same like kind of vibe, but like it's really solidifying that moon-Mars energy, so just definitely be aware of your emotions, and we also have what's what else is going on like the end of March. Venus conjunct Uranus, like Venus conjunct Uranus energy too, like that definitely can just bring some weird stuff up about relationships, unpredictable things about relationships, but can also just bring like some sort of like creative genius spark to like our projects and can kind of help us like think outside of the box. So maybe like we've been stuck in a project somewhere, this can help us like try something new and be a little more innovative in that regards. But feel like we covered a lot for the astrology for March. So now let me pull a couple cards to see what comes through for the energy for March. So I am pulling from the Herbal Astrology Oracle deck and we got Valerian. And I like this deck because it also gives like a planetary ruler to the herbs and the astrological ruler is Neptune for this one, which is perfect because we're in Pisces season. And it says acceptance, intuitive order, loosening up, Embrace your imperfections, persistence. Ancient physicians refer to this plant as few, due to the pungency of its smell, referenced in texts as smelling old socks. 
definitely smells bad because I drink valerian root tea sometimes. Yeah, it's not the best smelling. But it says that in medieval Sweden, valerian was sometimes placed in the wedding clothes of the groom to ward off the envy of the elves and protect the marriage. It was said to be used by witches to protect and unbind those who were the target of evil spells. The Nordic goddess Urtha put valerian on her riding crop, causing the stag she rode to increase in power and speed. In combination with the brittle of hops, valerian is suspected to help facilitate the journey between realms. It also resembles Neptune's archetype as it powerfully greatly relaxes the body and mind to experience deep states of rest, sleep, and even access to other worlds. Neptune is the planet of dreams, other realms, the subconscious mind, the psychic mind, imagination, and a fundamental connection to spirituality. Valerian assists us in abandoning the story that keeps us bound to one reality, allowing us access beyond our physical body into a greater mystical world. And it says guidance. Valerian supports us by widening our trigger points and helping us to zoom out a situation that might be overloading you with anxiety or stress. Remember, go easy on yourself and don't push yourself too hard to meet goals. Valerian remedies the internal parts of ourselves that can embody mouse energy. When we're overly analytical and judgmental in high trigger mode, the message here is to take measure. Although your foundation can be established with great order, there is a certain amount of flow needed in order to enjoy creativity and growth. Don't exhaust yourself in the details. Embrace your imperfections. And definitely feel like it's kind of telling you to stay clear of like the Virgo shadow traits. Like don't get caught up in perfectionism. Don't lose yourself in the details and just like don't overanalyze things. So I really like that we got this card. Now I'm pulling from the transient light tarot deck and we got seven of vessels. It says you're spoiled for choice. Your dreams may need prioritization or maybe you're getting lost in other people's lives to avoid dealing with your own feelings. Close your eyes and ponder on your own internal universe, then visualize what could be found beyond your own self. Dream fearlessly, act wisely, but approach with caution. It definitely rings true with this Pisces energy and the Aries energy. Like sometimes we can feel like we have a lot of options and it can be hard to choose like which one. So sometimes taking that step back and just like kind of like reflecting and quieting everything out from the outside world and just focusing on your internal world for a few moments just to figure out okay what is it that i really want what is the actual best decision for me sometimes that is our best course of action but i am going to leave it at this for this episode and just another reminder i do have my ratings open they are just like pdf reports or pre-recorded astrology reports right now and then eventually in the coming months, I will do live readings again. But for now, they're just like PDF reports are pre-recorded. But I will be having that link in the show notes. You can also reach out to me directly on Instagram, Addie's Astro Diary. Or you can send me an email, welcome to the Vortex Podcast at protonmail.com. And everything's in the show notes though. But hope everyone has a great day, final few days of February, and a great beginning of March. And until the next episode, we will chat again soon.